Hi, welcome to Not Another Marketing Podcast, where I'm talking to SEO consultant Steve Wiedemann. So this week, we're talking about the recent Google Helpful Content Update. Is it helpful? We all love a Google update, don't we? We really do. Thanks for downloading. Now, Google have announced another search update. This one is called the Helpful Content Update. But what is helpful content in the eyes of Google? So this week, I'm chatting to SEO consultant Steve Wiedemann, who's worked with the likes of Disney and Honda and Belkin and many others. Steve kind of helps us understand what helpful content is and how we can improve our web pages, which is really important. Uh, There's also a whole bunch of other SEO and Google chat as well, so make sure you listen up. You can find Steve on his website and Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram, the whole pack. Uh, There's links to all of that in the show notes. Can I quickly mention that Not Another Marketing Podcast is totally ad-free. I'd love it if you could give the pod a quick shout on social media, subscribe on your favourite podcast app. Uh, You can check out more episodes at jtid.co.uk forward slash podcasts. Now, the first thing I asked Steve was, what is the Google Helpful Content Update? And is it helpful? That's a great question, Ben. <laughs> I, I believe it is. I believe in studying some of the, the search results since the um, the update rolled out that I feel like the results are more helpful. I feel like the, the growth of content available in the pages that now appear in the search results are better. I feel like the, the diversity of content and the relevancy of, of those universal search results are better. Uh, incredibly helpful uh, but you know we, we still have only been a few weeks into it and I think I think algorithms need to kick in I think uh, you know some some results that may have surfaced to the top perhaps by accident uh, need to not get clicked on or get clicked on and and not be the the final destination somebody clicks on uh, for Google to figure out that whatever oozed out of the cracks into the top of the results after the update um, you know needs to go away. So I, th- I think I think it's probably going to be a good three to six months before we, we really feel the difference. I mean, it, it, some queries have uh, very little search volume, so it's going to take sure. some time, yeah. you know, mathematically for Google to have enough impressions and enough search behavior on a particular query to understand if the results were helpful or not. Yeah, because there's a Google update and there's a Google update. There's probably Google updates all the time. There's, there's stuff happening all the time. But it's very rare that, well, I don't suppose it's very rare, but it it's usually a big update when Google actually say, hey, there's been an update. And I take it this this is a big one, yeah? You know, I don't think we can assume anything anymore. It's, they're so vague on everything that they, <laughs> they do produce. I, yeah. I'm, I'm really happy with the fact that that the you know, web.dev team and Google Webmaster teams are doing their best to help the webmaster community create better, more helpful websites. And whether those play into keyword rankings or not, it's great to at least have someone out there giving us tips and clues and, and things that you know, hopefully will, will benefit the people who are searching. Uh, the, the core updates, you hear Danny Sullivan talk about this quite a bit, and his mm. responses are always the same. Refer to our content guidelines, and yeah. are you doing all the things? And uh, even Matt Cutts, you know, several years ago, released a, a number of like specific things that uh, that he would consider to be helpful content. And you know, we uh, at Wiedemann, we're, we're big collectors of tasks, and we love to create checklists. And whenever Google makes tips and suggestions and recommendations, uh, we do two things: one, we we document them. Uh, and then two, we set up a alert so that when that page changes, if it changes, 
we get an alert of what that change was. We use a tool called Visual Ping, P-I-N-G, right. and it basically shoots us a note and says, hey, this page changed, and we get to study what those changes look like. So I think I think from a, a you know big update standpoint, um, they don't always announce it, and when they do announce something, I think I think they've recognized that there's challenges, and they're trying to uh, communicate what you know what uh, what Google's doing to address those challenges. But uh, but yeah, I, I doubt they're ever going to get to a place where they're going to announce every major update. Yeah. Would be nice though. Yeah, yeah. So who's this update? helping now i'm cynical right so i say every good because google's got google owns the search market okay google owns the browser market they got the market they got the market but the stock market is going to say we need growth we need double digit growth we need triple digit growth every quarter we need growth 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 right so so the only way when you've got the market right is to kind of like either put the price up or do something to increase your revenue. So my Mr. Cynic here, right, sits here and thinks that, that whenever Google do an update, it's that there's a monetary factor. It's it's going to be increasing ad clicks. Am I too cynical? You know, it, it is a business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of there's a lot of controversy out there uh, that from some of my my peers and you know, I just got back from the the G50 summit and there's there's definitely a lot of chatter and a lot of um, a lot of questions around what Google's intents are. Is is it indeed uh, sustainability and trying to reduce you know our, our carbon footprint by yeah. reducing how much you know we have to load up on computers from yeah. sites that load slowly? Right? Maybe maybe that is part of what they're trying to do. Maybe they're saying, hey, make better content, lighter content, less ads, less third-party scripts pulling in, so that. You know the the CPU use and uh, you know uh, uh, power and electricity that we have to use every time a page loads across you know eight billion pages on the sure. planet. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe that is part of their intent, but they're also like you mentioned a business. And you know I watched uh, what happened to Ask back in you know the the two thousands yeah, yeah, when it yeah. was Ask Jeeves, and yeah, yeah. it was the best search engine out there. It was it the was. smartest, most intelligent. And what happened? They they loaded their pages up with ads. And it was it was a horrible experience, and people eventually said, you know, I don't even I don't even see organic results anymore. This this isn't the same experience I had, and they left. So I hope I hope Google, and if if they're listening to this, um, or or listening to the the community, understands that there needs to be a balance. And, yeah. And, and John, in fact, today I'm I'm actually wearing my Neva hat. They sent me a hat <laughs> because I've been involved in in their their group of people who are giving them feedback on the one of the first ad free search engines out there, and. Um, and I love it. I mean, yeah, it's the results aren't nearly to par of what Google is yet, but you can tell they're getting there. Sure. So yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think, I think ads is an important part of the business. I think sustainability and, and, you know, uh, uh, the whole green, um, ideology, I think is, is a big part of what they're, they're trying to convey and say, yeah, we are making billions and billions of dollars, but we're also trying to help. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I guess, I guess you'd have to sit down with the CEOs of the company and, and, you know, and and probably sit down at a bar and get them drunk and, <laughs> yes. and you know get get the the real facts out of you know what yeah. they're trying to do. Yeah. Because remember they ha- they have users, but they also have stockholders to report it, it, to. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's funny you mentioned Ask Jeeves because I'd just written down Yahoo 1996, and <laughs> and and and, and kind of like the Google search results now are a kind of you know when it was ten blue links on a page, mm-hmm. it's now like 
Yahoo and Alta Vista from from 1996 <laughs> with adverts everywhere and the weather and and mm. everything. Do you think that's going to be an issue in the future? Because we hated it back then. Um, I believe Google was successful for what they were and what they offered. And if they change that, if they change their their mission, then I think they're going to lose some of their audience. Yeah. You know, time time will tell. But um, you know, and, and you can you can monitor search traffic and, and sources in uh, in your analytics program and kind of see you know how has it shifted and changed with each update and it's it's really kind of interesting to watch especially in search console where you can you can view impressions and how um, how zero click could be affecting some of the the clicks yeah. that you were getting previously yeah. so be interesting yeah yeah let's get back to the helpful content thing so what is the helpful content update algorithm bit thing <laughs> what, what, what is it kind of targeted? Sure. Well, you know, they, if you read through the you know the whole post they put up on on the Google Search Central, mm. they, they they talk quite a bit about how they want to provide a more satisfying experience. And and what I what I really enjoyed about this one is is they they haven't been very transparent in the past about how important search behavior signals are. It's sure. always been about content and links and content and visibility and yeah. you know are, are people searching and and. Um, curating and, and linking to your content to sort of vote for it and pass page rank is your content better but within that if you if you really look at some of the bullet points they've said some things in there that allude to the fact that they do use search behavior signals um, I've heard it you know used a few different ways I like to use the, the phrase click and say did they click and if they did did they stay on that website or did they go back to the search results and choose a competitor yeah and so what's what's interesting is if, if you read through some of this um, one of the bullets is, will someone reading your content leave feeling like they had a satisfying experience? Because if they didn't, what are they going to do? They're going to choose a competitor. Um, you know, and then if you keep going down a little bit, I'm, I have the thing open. There's another phrase. I just want to make sure I read it correctly verbatim. Um, let's see. Oh, does your content leave readers feeling like they need to search again to better, to get better information from other sources? Sure. So that's that's clearly what they're saying is if people don't find what they're looking for on your website and they return to the Google search results and they click on a competing result, that they're going to infer that that result wasn't helpful. Now there's many SEOs that that you know today have, have you know stood by their stance that click through rates and and click and stay and search behavior are not ranking signals. And even one of my my closest friends, she is just adamant that they do not use that. Uh, because of how easily it, it could potentially be manipulated. Uh, but I think those PhDs at Google have kind of figured out what's real, what's a bot. I think they've discovered how to analyze and and, um, and see patterns of unusual behavior and identify when those patterns stop. Say your mechanical Turk effort to try to get people to search and click your listing suddenly ran out of budget. And all yeah. of a sudden, no one's searching and clicking after three months of, of you know behavior where, or patterns where there were. So I'm I'm excited because I feel like this isn't just about you know let's create more helpful more um, uh, detailed solve for every intent that the person searching for that query um, had in mind. Uh, I don't think it was just about that. I think it was about them um, quietly in the background uh, reminding people that search behavior signals are important. Yeah. Do, do you think Google understands that? content is not equal or that all content isn't equal to each other uh, an example i always was think of is is kind of like if you if you 
do a search and then you visit a website and you don't get the right answer and you go back and you pick the competitor's link below or above or whatever, then Google can look at that as a as a bad content. But say you were searching for, um, a, I don't know, the, a review of a Manchester United football ground, for football um game right and and you clicked on one news article and you read it and then you went back and you clicked on the next article that would give the similar signal wouldn't it i think to some degree but remember it's about patterns and if if everyone who's performing that same query follows that same pattern right then i think it affects rankings but i don't think uh, the one-off and you know random queries or even the 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 super long tail queries that rank brain is supposed to you know, be, be handling. I, I don't feel like those types of queries have a, a direct impact. I feel like it's more about patterns. If, you know, eight out of 10 people who perform the search don't find that listing to be very helpful, then they're going to eventually demote it. Right, right. And you think that is what, basically, what Google sees helpful content as? I feel like that's a big part of it. I feel yeah. like they're... Uh, and, y- you know, you can you can do some things, and we've, we've done quite a bit of testing. One... One thing that seems really stupid obvious, right, is to perform a search for the keyword that you'd like to appear for yeah. and simply reverse engineer the pages that are already ranking. Study the, the titles, the descriptions, the, yeah. uh, the headings, the subheadings. Study, study the different topics and subtopics that are being mentioned on the pages that appear to rank really well. Look at, look at the, you know, the references that they're using and then go back and, and maybe reverse engineer the, the websites that are linking to those pages and look at what they're saying and how they're linking and the words that are used in correlation to the keywords that um, you know that those pages are appearing for you can study all of that data probably in about an hour or two it doesn't take very much time if you're doing it manually of course there are extensions in your browser you could use but but if you study all of those um, those listings then you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You you could say, hey, I want to rank for this keyword. I'm going to create some content and throw it out there and see if it sticks. But have you already looked to see what Google's already figured out uh, in terms of what users are looking for? If we already know what they're looking for because we've studied those topics, all we need to do is create a better page and a more helpful page. And if there's topics that are mentioned on one and not the other, ours can have both and be more helpful. So I think I think that's... And, and here's another thing. I, I know they don't really talk about it too much on this page, but when it comes to you know, what they determine as, as helpful content, we've always been preaching about having really rich media and a diversity of content. Yeah. If there's 10 pages in Google and they're all subheadings and paragraphs, and our page contains some bullet lists, numbered lists, some images, um, some video, and they're all made specifically for that page and they're unique, in their binary code that Google has never picked up and put in their database before. And other users are sharing those assets and embedding them and um, hotlinking them. You know, there's, there's little signals there that, that yeah. show the search engine. Not only is this page, um, you know, unique in terms of the text that it found, but it's unique in, in that it's got, uh, you know, really diverse media types that other pages don't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm kind of glad that they're using the word helpful instead of quality content because I think that I think the phrase quality content means different things to different people and and a lot of folks think it's the think it's the visual aspects of a website which is why I think most content written content is boring as hell at the moment I mean <laughs> you, you, you look at every blog every news every article thing you look at HubSpot and SEMrush and and Hootsuite and all of them all the bigs right they've all got the jump links at the top the big picture then they've got the 
headings and the paragraphs mm-hmm. and other, and it's all the freaking same. And I like <laughs> the idea that helpful means helpful, and helpful doesn't necessarily mean pretty, does it? No. Did Did you get what you intended to get? And if it was mm. just to, it was just to read something. Great, but is is that what everyone's looking for? Maybe there's something they're they're looking to download. Like when we were yeah. we were doing um, back in the day, I used to do a lot of uh, posts on. Uh, job descriptions for specific digital marketing positions and in that I I included you know the the actual bullets of what would be you know requirements what would be um, responsibilities I had a downloadable uh, word version that you could download and and use for whatever you want to and then I listed all the questions the interview questions that you want to ask and the answers you don't want to hear as long as as long with the answers you do want to hear and to me that was that was providing the most helpful page. Yes, they, they did get the job description from the page itself, but they also had it downloadable. They also had um, questions to ask. They, you know, I, I solved for the problem of, of what am I looking for? What do I need to ask? And, um, you know, and what should I be posting on all these job boards? And to me, when I created that page, and it, it did really well back in, I don't know, 2013, yeah. <laughs> back when, yeah. when I was actually doing that kind of thing. And, and, and it worked really well. We got a lot of links to it. People referenced it. Sure. Uh, we saw a lot of the content get curated and copied on other websites, and I was like, "This is great. This is really helpful content." We did we did the same thing last year with a study we did on on 300 location pages for franchises, and it was it was so exhaustive doing the research. But we came up with not just text. Why you know how do you do a, a local landing page for 2,000 locations that's that's scalable? And here's some bullets and some paragraphs. Instead, we said. We said, well, could because we thought about our audience. Our audience is somebody who's like us, who's trying to go to their boss or their client and prove to them that this is important and they need to take, you know, take our advice and use some of these elements. So we rewrote the, the way that we presented the findings in a way that said something like, if you use hyperlocal content, you'll have a 104% competitive advantage <laughs> over your competition. If you use hyperlocal images on your page, you'll have an 84% competitive advantage. And we put this table together, and then we had an infographic done by NowSourcing and Brian Wallace's team. And um, and that page earned, you know, I think well over 100, maybe 200 links already. Um, Site Pro News and Bright Local and other folks picked it up. And um, and we didn't have to do any sort of broadcasting to, to share it or any sort of link building because when somebody was searching for um, local SEO landing page optimization or, yeah. you know, infographic um, anatomy of a local landing page, some of those queries, you know, were starting to appear more and more for because that, that page, you know, was, was optimized to do that. Yeah. So I think that's, to me, when I look at helpful content, like you said, it is more than just let's provide some text. Let's genuinely figure out how to solve their problem right here not send them somewhere else like a doorway page yeah. not you know affiliate marketing links somewhere let's yeah. let's instead give them exactly what they want when they hit that page yeah cool um has this update do you think hurt any of the ai generated content that's been popular recently they sure put that in their their list didn't they <laughs> was it the uh automated where is it they use the word humans in there i thought that was kind of funny yeah Let's see where i can find it um because there's a, there's a big push for these AI generated yeah. content, you know, spin out ten thousand articles a month, sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, so we've we've been doing a lot of, of testing of you know the, the Jarvises and and uh, yeah. 
uh, you know, there's, there's just so many of these tools that that are really neat to use, and they and they're fantastic for ideas and inspiration. Some of them yeah. are smart enough to even perform a search and study those topics for you. Yeah. Like Market Brewer, I think is the only one that I know of that that does that, and they do an incredible job. By the way, if you've ever used them, they they take all of those key topics and and put together a suggestion of the topics that you could be putting on your page to solve for all the ways that. Um, all the intents that somebody has when they perform that query. So I, I do see when you use those tools, if you're if you're kind of doing it a paragraph at a time, right? Mm -hmm. You just you put in you know what what you'd like to write about, and then you do one paragraph at a time. Then you put in your subtopic, and you do a paragraph. I think that would be an effective way, you know, to to create really good content. Um, as long as you read through it, use Hemingway yes. app and yeah. and. Um, you know some of the other third-party tools. Make sure that you're you're speaking at the level of what your audience wants. You could probably get away with it. Will it contain the the narrative that your your business is trying to convey? The the voice of the brand, mm, sure. the you know the character and personality that you're trying to convey. No way. So mm. if you try to mass produce something and you and you don't do it this this sort of paragraph at a time way, um, it does become very obvious and it's um, it's completely off character for the voice of, of the brand. And so I, I could see why they're, they're suggesting not doing it. I don't have enough data to know whether hmm. in mass it works or not, but I've seen, you know, when you try to run like five pages in one of these tools, sure. you get some pretty weird stuff. Yeah. So I hope yeah. you're at least reviewing it if you're doing that. Well, yeah, exactly, because I mean, the AI stuff can, can be mildly offensive at times, can't help you. Know. Yep. It's, yeah, it's, it's not the best. It's not the best, is it? Because because it's searching it's Twitter for the answers, which is like the most ridiculous <laughs> thing you can actually do, isn't it? John, it says, are you using extensive automation to produce content on many yeah. topics? Yeah. yeah, that was the bullet. Yeah. yeah, so Google Google prefers human touch rather than AI. So all the content writers out there are going to be happy about that. <laughs> we do pay a lot for our writers, but they spend nearly a week on a single page of content because yeah. we do all of that. Um, incredibly deep research to make sure we fully understand. And sometimes we'll even run studies and surveys through, you know, SurveyMonkey and Google's own tool and um, Amazon Mechanical Turk. And in, and we'll ask people, when you're searching for this, what is it you're looking for? When when we were working with uh, Belkin and Linksys back in the day, one of the keywords that they said was important to them was the term wireless router. Hmm. And so, you know, we talked to the stakeholders there and they said, so help us optimize this page. We know, you know, people who are searching for this are, are looking to buy a wireless router. And we said, are you sure? So we, you know, we did this 2000 person study and we asked, when you search for wireless router, what is it you're, you might be searching for? And, um, and one answer, what is it? What's the one thing, you know, you might be searching for? And 60% did say looking to buy a wireless router. Yeah. But a lot of other folks who, who did that said, I'd want to know because I don't know what a wireless router is. I'm looking sure. for a definition. I want the, the best, fastest, latest, greatest if I'm doing a search. Uh, another one was, um, I want to, you know, compare, compare routers to know which one I, I, that's right for me. And so, so from that, we were able to kind of help create a little bit of an outline of what we dreamed up for an ideal, helpful page that included, yes, the top, you know, most yeah. best, product in the market, um, a link to compare where you can drop down on the page and compare routers and um, a little bit of the history and maybe even some sub supportive pages, sub pages below that wireless router page that go into the, the history and how they work and, you know, to, just to be as helpful as we possibly could. And, and you can see this pretty, um, 
pretty prominently on another retail site called bobswatches.com. Right. Most of their categories have the same thing. When you're when you're searching for Rolex watches, yeah. are you looking to buy a Rolex watch? Yeah. Because that's not what comes up. What comes up in uh, below Rolex is actually guides and helpful content, not sales pages. How how do we know if we've been hit by this update? Presumably traffic goes down, yeah? Obviously, yeah, you you yeah. drill into that specific URI in your Google Search Console. And you just kind of take a look at the last, yeah. you know, two months or so, and, and and monitor. Look at what search terms are dropping, which ones are coming up. Uh, look at the prominence of of those search terms and internal links to the page, and um, you know, context on pages that are linking to you, and um, seeing if it's maybe maybe it's just simply that page has a, a a drop in the pattern of other websites that are curating and mentioning and linking to it, where competitors are earning you know more visibility. Yeah. So it might not be a helpful content problem it might simply be that the the page has just you know gotten bland and it's time to give yeah. it a refresh yeah yeah sure because i mean i i can i can see a lot of marketers looking at their pages and going that's helpful that's helpful that's really helpful <laughs> so yeah I'll, I'll um john i'll share after after this i'll share a link with you to uh, a guide we created that it basically we remember i men- mentioned we were listening to everything Google was suggesting in terms of helpful content and yeah. Matt Cutts list and everything, we put together a single page optimization like audit template. And it allows you to go through and look at all of those different things that, that Google has said is important to them. And it also takes a little bit of the Google Quality Rater guidelines, mm-hmm. you know, the things that, that, that we felt were the most significant um, and you know Matt Cutts old list and Danny Sullivan's list and the and so it takes all of those things into account uh, and allows you to go through your page and ask questions. Does my page do this? Yeah. Does my page offer that? Is my page void of this? <laughs> and so if if it's helpful to to listeners, we can have that available and they can download and test yeah, their own pages. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, let me have the link and I'll I'll you slot that into the show notes so folks can just just tap on that. Definitely. Um, mm-hmm. I, I take it if we work through a list like that, that's one way to kind of protect ourselves from future Google updates. Yeah. Of course, and and you know you're you're never done. This is marketing. This isn't. Um, yeah. You know, this isn't a set it, forget it initiative. And, and your competitors, they're not going to rest on their laurels. Your, your competitors aren't going to be like, oh, you're, you're taking a break from working on this page. Oh, cool. Well, we'll take a break from working on ours too. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to be like, you know, oh, wow, they've, they haven't touched their page in three years. Let's, now's our time to get in there and really crush them by creating more helpful content. And then one day you'll wake up and your page is buried on page two because you weren't paying attention. So I think it's really important to, you know, to at least identify the top, perhaps 20 to 50 pages on your website that, uh, you know, half of which drive customers, half of which drive links and, you know, make sure that you're keeping them up to date and that they've got new, fresh, helpful content based on how the world is changing. Yeah, absolutely. I could chat about this for hours and hours because it is it is <laughs> fascinating. Um, Steve, um, you've been very helpful. Thank you. Um, uh, where- <laughs> fun. I got you. That's great. Yeah. Uh, where can we find you? Where's your website, social media? Uh, just Wiedemann.com, W-I-I-D-E-M-A-N. And pretty soon we're launching a new one here in the next few weeks, and I'm really excited about it. So hopefully uh, you'll find a lot more helpful content on it uh, that, uh, that'll uh, – basically give more checklists and tips and guides and free stuff. We love to share what we learn and hopefully you'll find that helpful. I'm also on social everywhere. It's just SEO Steve. That's kind of been my tagline for the last cool. two decades and yeah. stuck with me. So uh, feel free if, if you just want to throw something by me, you know, Steve, why, am I, why is my page not ranking? Yeah. I'm happy to take a look and give you some free advice. Fantastic. Um, yeah, there's links in the show notes so folks can just tap away on those. Brilliant. Um, Steve, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Thanks, John. 
Thanks again to Steve for his time. Don't forget to check out the links in the show notes. If you've enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe for more on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, your favourite podcast player. It's everywhere. Just search for Not Another Marketing Podcast. Thanks for listening.